When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Didn't know we were going to start the program with friendly friendly fire like that. I'm five, six and a half. I could take you down in about three seconds, Randy. That is adorable. Five, six and a half. All right. Give uh, me my half inch. It's, listen. Because it doesn't say that on my license. You have to pick one or the other. So I lied and said I was five, seven because I want my half inch. I love, I love how... You can produce an official document like a driver's license. When we all know, you can write whatever you want on there. They don't care. They'll rubber stamp anything. I could say I'm 6'10", and they're like, yeah, all right, stamp it, move it on. But I meant all that out of respect. Like It was like, okay, she's not physically intimidating, but then when you talk to Courtney Cronin on the radio and you engage in some debate, I mean, we already had this in the pre-show meeting where I was like, okay, you take this side, I'll take the other side, because it's what we truly believe. And I just felt this sense of looming dread. I was like, I'm going to lose this argument. I can tell already. She is Courtney Cronin. I'm Randy Scott. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as your smart speaker. However you found us on this blustery, this frigid day, uh, Friday. Happy pre I think we've established that, right? pre yes, started. Yes, we have. Yep. We are immersed in that. Thank you for finding us. 888-729-3776 is a phone number. If you are a fan of Kyrie Irving, if you are, um, if you cape for Kyrie, and there are plenty of those folks out there, you can call the show because I think you got a couple of people right now who are a little bit tired of this uh, this headline that we're seeing today. We appreciate the content from Kyrie Irving, but man, this is rinse and repeat, and it's been going on for about three seasons now with him in the Brooklyn Nets uniform. But Kyrie Irving wants out. Of Brooklyn. Let's hear from the man who dropped that particular bomb, Adrian Wojnarowski, our ESPN senior NBA insider, on this just in earlier today. Irving told the Nets that they want to trade. They want to trade ahead of next Thursday. I am told that they did not request specific teams to be traded to. And I think uh, part of this, you saw some comments last week from Irving's agent about wanting a contract extension, a commitment on a new deal. Obviously, he can be a free agent next summer. And I'm told that there were some you know, conversation about that, but there was not uh, obviously not uh, an agreement reached on a new deal. And I think what Kyrie Irving is telling Brooklyn is, you know, if he's not traded by the deadline, then he walks for nothing next summer. That's just it. That's just it. When a trade demand is made like this from a man like this, Courtney, from Kyrie Irving, it lowers the trade value. It doesn't submarine it. It doesn't sink it entirely. I mean, he's averaging better than 27 points per. He's been When he's been on the court this season, and I know there have been stretches, uh, injury and otherwise, where he hasn't, but when he's been out there, he has been the old Kyrie, which is to say an absolute problem on the defensive end of the floor for the opposition but this is what you get. This is what comes with Kyrie in or out. Yeah, almost the hokey pokey, right, of, of NBA superstars. You know, put your right hand in, right hand out. Like, you never know if he's fully invested and committed. And we get the definitive word today, or Adrian Wojnarowski does, that he wants out. 
It's not surprising because at some point Kyrie was too quiet for too long. He would have been, you know, a model citizen more or less on the basketball court in coming back after the team deemed him unfit to be associated with the Brooklyn Nets back in November after posting a link to a video that had anti-Semitic rhetoric. And since then, Kyrie on the floor has been an absolute monster. And that's a great thing for the Brooklyn Nets, especially right now in at the absence of Kevin Durant, who, you know, is dealing with an injury. The Nets are four and seven during the stretch. But I think we have to go back to earlier this week when the Nets played the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James did not play in that game because he was saving himself to play against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. And Kyrie Irving, following the game, was asked about LeBron James. And, you know, we know he's closing in on the scoring title. It should be at some point next week, maybe even next Thursday when they play the Milwaukee Bucks at home. But what Irving said about his time with LeBron James and what could potentially happen in the future, Randy. He was talking about, you know, I don't think we should be surprised he's still doing this 20 years after giving him, you know, the keys to the whole entire business to an 18-year-old is what Kyrie Irving said. And he said, I'm enjoying the show, quote, and I wish we could have gotten a chance to play against one another, but who knows when can that happen down the line? Does that lead you to believe that maybe he's eyeing the last shot he has, the last possible opportunity, and the only leverage he has right now to force his way out of Brooklyn ahead of the February 9th trade deadline and maybe end up in a Lakers uniform? I, that's that's the ideal destination. I think I, th- I think that that push was made last season as well, ahead of the trade deadline. I think it was made in the off season when. Kyrie made it clear he didn't want to come back to Brooklyn, and so did so did Kevin Durant. And you, you, you really felt bad for the Brooklyn Brain Trust there, for Sean Marks and company. You were like, man, you try to build this thing. And remember the, the James Harden experiment? I think they had fewer than 20 games together, this particular big three, Kyrie Irving and, and, and James Harden and, and Kevin Durant on the floor with each other. And, you know, it didn't produce even a, a lengthy, you know, playoff run, let alone an NBA title. And then the things off the court, and it, we can't minimize them. Um, we shouldn't minimize them. The anti-Semitic video was among the most viewed and downloaded and um and it, you know consumed pieces on Amazon because of Kyrie Irving's, you know, sort of boost on social media and it just you had to drag him kicking and screaming to a to an apology. Um those things are fatigue inducing to put it lightly and uh they can change the culture of your franchise to put it even more more seriously and put it with more depth and it, the Nets still stuck with him. And the Nets, to be hey, it's a transactional thing. The Nets have benefited from him on the floor, especially while Kevin Durant's out with his latest injury. It's going to keep him out a few more weeks. Um, but this franchise has done right by Kyrie. They they've paid him when they didn't have to, when he was sitting out because of the vaccine situation. Like they've stuck with their guy, and now Kyrie wants to go play with LeBron, as you said, and. Hey, wouldn't everybody like to get back and do that and and have a chance to sort of reconnect uh, with someone that maybe you were too immature, you know, to fully appreciate at the time when you guys uh, reached the peak and won a title and Kyrie had that massive shot to help LeBron, you know, bring a title back to Cleveland. Um, I get all that. I don't know that if I'm the Lakers, uh, you expect any different outcome than what you're seeing in Brooklyn. I don't think I don't think Kyrie Irving is capable of happy endings. I don't think such a thing exists. I think you're with him long enough in any capacity, 
and it's going to end like Coughlin's Law in the movie Cocktail, right? Nothing ends well or else it wouldn't end. It's not going to end well with Kyrie, no matter where he goes. Um, and you see the odds, right? I mean, to put it into a practical term right now, Courtney, with the with the betting odds at Caesar Sportsbook, with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they were they go from these are these are title odds, title odds for the Nets. They go from plus six fifty before the Kyrie news to now plus twelve hundred, and I don't know that even that's high enough because we've seen the Eastern Conference. We know how stacked it is. You know, Milwaukee's in the way, Boston's in the way. Brooklyn, even at its peak and at full Voltron, Courtney was not going to have an easy path to even the Eastern Conference Finals. And now you lose your most prolific scorer right now in the lineup until Kevin Durant gets back, and that ceiling just gets lowered. Like I just, I feel bad for Kevin Durant. I mean, I, I feel bad for a guy who invested in Brooklyn, thinking Kyrie was going to be committed. You know, I, I yeah, I feel bad for for everyone from Kevin Durant to Utah Watanabe, like. If you're on that roster, you're there because you think everybody's pulling in the same direction with the same intensity and focus, and it hasn't been there with one of your best stars. No, and I mean, at this point, we don't know when Durant's going to return. He's still dealing with that sprained MCL that he sustained against the Heat in January, and when he comes back, if this trade request goes through, because like Woj had mentioned, if it doesn't, he's going to walk this offseason for nothing. So you can't get anything in return. But if you do go ahead and pull this trade request off, mm-hmm. the entire makeup of this roster very likely changes because you're, you'd be, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, if you're smart doing this, you're asking for like a Pantheon level trade for a Pantheon esque player, somebody who is at the top of their game right now. When he is locked in and he is focused, he's one of the best scorers in the NBA. So the options of where of which team could use his talents, there's many of them out there. So Brooklyn should be able to rework their own roster in this process. But Kevin Durant comes back after a prolonged absence, and he's kind of like Will Smith. In, he could very well be Will Smith mm. in The Fresh Prince when he's looking around the house and no <laughs> one's there. Everything everything he came to Brooklyn for yeah. is gone. And I I don't know who to feel more sorry for in this situation. Kevin Durant, Brooklyn Nets fans, or everybody else in the NBA waiting for the dust to settle here because of how this may create a domino effect in free agency in free agency, but also before that at the trade deadline for teams that might now want to get in on the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes, knowing that he does want out. Because remember, there were talks tabled last offseason because he opts into his $36.5 million player option that same week. Kevin Durant says, trade me, get me out of here. The dust settles. Kyrie rescinds his trade request when they couldn't get you know the, the haul that they wanted mm-hmm. back and probably sending him somewhere where he wanted to go. And now by the end of all of this, Kevin Durant, the one who wanted to be traded initially when all this craziness was going down last June – might be the last one standing. How wild is that? Yeah, yeah, it's wild and it's unfair. It's it's unfair. And one thing to keep in note, though, it, it, as you invoke Kevin Durant, he asked, as you said, for the a, a trade of his own this last offseason, and the Nets didn't cave. They did not cave to him. You know, they shopped it around him, sure, but once you make that request, you lower your own franchise's ability to honor your request because you have reduced your value. And, and Durant knows that. Kevin's smart, smarter than that. And it just didn't materialize. And Kevin deserves a ton of credit for putting his head down, coming out, and he was off to an, an amazing start this season until the injury. And he may get back to it and continue to produce, but you're right, I feel I feel bad for him. I also think just because Kyrie has requested this doesn't mean that the Nets will automatically cave and do that. They're going to do certainly what's right uh, for their franchise. Um, 
Golly, there's just there's so much to get into with Kyrie, and we'll continue to do that. But Canteen Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. She's Courtney Cronin there, uh, regional manager of the Midwest office in Chicago. I'm Randy Scott here at the home headquarters in Bristol, uh, Connecticut. The Lakers loom large here. They loom because of everything you said about LeBron, Courtney, and everything that uh, Kyrie has said, quite frankly, about LeBron James. Do the Lakers make a move? We'll have a Lakers insider joining us in this program. Mike Trudell covers them for uh, their nightly broadcast. He's on the sideline, and he's a tremendous follow on social media, so he'll join us on that as well. But when you look at what LeBron is doing right now with the Lakers, I think the broad question is he's now 63 points away from breaking uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time NBA scoring record. Why isn't this a bigger deal? And that's going to sound crazy because of who LeBron is and the, just the presence and sort of the heliocentric view um, of the NBA that we have with LeBron as the son. Like he, everything seems to revolve around him. And when you take all that into consideration, why isn't the fact that he's this close to this record? Why isn't that a bigger deal right now? Naturally, there's LeBron fatigue. He's been in the NBA for 20 years. We have seen every bit of his game, the good and the bad. And really, there hasn't been much bad because he's still playing 20 years into his career. And I honestly think it's the inevitability of this where we know he's going to get those 63 points. He's going to get even more than that because it's going to happen ahead of the All-Star break. And he's going to have the whole rest of the season to add to that and to further out his record so nobody can touch it when the next LeBron James, whoever that is, comes in down the line. With other records, though, because we were talking about this and just how quiet this one has seemed. Is it the NBA not promoting it as much? Is it fans and, and, you know, LeBron's such a polarizing figure in sports that there there may be those who don't want him to break Kareem's record but know it's inevitable, so they're remaining quiet and just kind of turning their nose up to it. Mm -hmm. Think about what happened this summer. With all due respect to our lovely friends at ESPN – you know, radio, TV, but mostly TV, breaking into SportsCenter, breaking into SEC Network every time Aaron Judge went to the plate, like to see if he was going to get to 62, which he did. But that was a record the entire country was aware of. And I feel like we were talking about it ad nauseum at that point. And think about at this time last year when Stephen Curry's going for the three point record and the hype around that. And maybe some of it is self, you know, or media influenced. And we know that this record stands with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the lead currently and that it's going to get broken by LeBron James. I think it's just the inevitability factor and that it's not a mystery. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when it happens. Maybe the buzz will pick up this week when he gets closer and then, you know, going into that Thursday game, if he's only 20-something points away, it'll be an all-day affair. But the lead-up to it, you're right. We just really have not talked about this that much, and it's 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 kind of maddening when you think about the magnitude of what the scoring record means in the NBA. Here as we get closer to it, and that's, that's tremendously put, and there's a lot, uh, man, there's some qualifiers to this, because when, when I think of Kareem, and I'm trying to be respectful here, but Kareem is not a, let's see here, he has been a tremendous voice in his retirement. He has not been a Magic Johnson type of personality. And it's not a negative thing. There can really only be one Magic Johnson. And the fact that they played together, I think, highlighted the disparity in their, you know, uh, marketability, their their own collective star power, their own 
um, you know, Kareem, the thoughtful, um, socially active, uh, insightful, brilliant mind and personality. And Magic Johnson, a lot of those same characteristics, but also uh, more interested in the nightlife that L.A. had to offer and being a star in a city full of stars. And I say all that to say that maybe the record is different because, you know, in baseball, we're talking about breaking Babe Ruth's record, the star of stars for so many years in that sport. Kareem doesn't evoke the same memories. He he evokes, I think, for for players or rather fans who were young enough to have seen him finish his career at the time. You know, he was a, a goggled, uh, you know, a defensive liability at times, but who could still get you 20 or 30 a night and then sat out an NBA Finals game and in 1980, whatever it was, and Magic had to go in and play the five. You know, like there were there were things with Kareem that make this record not as hallowed. And it's not the record, it's the record holder currently. And I, I think for LeBron to attack it the way he has and to be so relentless, and that speaks to what you say about LeBron fatigue, to just for it to be an inevitability, for there to be such little drama in the if as opposed to the when. And that's what's different about the Aaron Judge pursuit. Hey, I'm not defending the fact that we're breaking into the egg bowl, you know, or some <laughs> some some SEC football game with at bats. I mean, college football fans made their made their voices and their preferences uh, known and heard at the time, but I I think it's just the lack of of mystery to it. You know, the fact that it is such an inevitability and it is going to be we had it on the on Sports Center AM this morning. If you look at his career numbers, or his career average of 27 points per, the most likely date for LeBron to do this, to pass Kareem. We're talking about Thursday, February 9th against the Bucks. And Courtney, obviously there's a Bucks tie in there with Kareem as well. Yeah, and I mean, they would be LeBron's smart, and the Lakers are smart, and the NBA's smart. They want him to break this record at home in front of those Laker fans, in front of, you know, potentially the team that drafted Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1969, Mm -hmm. and have it all tie in. It would be a perfect feel, and I honestly think that as we get closer, the buzz will pick up immensely, because... You know, for him to do it, too, like, let's not forget what next week is. We're going into the Super Bowl. Don't think that the NBA isn't going to try their darndest, Randy, to make some noise with LeBron James having this thing happen during a week where the focus is not on the NBA. Yeah. But he can he can pull some of that back because it's LeBron James. He's one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player ever. And I mean, that's going to be the conversations that are happening among sports fans next week, because, mm-hmm. again, there will be those who do not want to see him break this title others who are ready for the ushering in of a new scoring leader in the NBA and and frankly, the fact that he's only won one scoring title over his 20-year career so far speaks to how he's done this differently than others. He's not the best peer scorer in the NBA. He's not in that class of players that he's played against throughout his career, whether it's KD, Stephen Curry, James Harden, Allen Iverson, Russell Westbrook, Tracy Mm -hmm. McGrady, list goes on and on and on. But how he's done it, the way he's done it, and the fact that 20 years later he is still one of the most dominant players in the NBA, you're going to get a lot of eyes on your product the night that he's going up for that record. And then finally, because the inevitability factor will be so far on the back burner that we know it's going to happen, that's when I think the hype train becomes yeah. alive because it just hasn't been till this point. That day is going to belong to him. To be absolutely sure. Uh, it's Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott in for the guys. We have a lot of NFL to get to as well. Speaking of eyeballs on a product with Super Bowl 57, just nine days away. But then free agency beyond that. Jeremy Fowler is going to join us. Talk about the latest with the one quarterback who will be on the move. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It's the pre-kend. Pre-kend started yesterday, for being honest, right? Three-day weekends all around. It's Friday. Some pleasant music. Let's get the vibes up a little bit. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott, and for the guys on Canty and Carlin. On ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as on your smart speaker, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. A phone number here, 888-729-3776. If you're a Kyrie fan, if, you're a, if you cape for Kyrie, if you're a defender, Go ahead and call in and defend your guy. He is he is taking all the slings and all the arrows right now as he continues to dominate the sports news cycle after this news uh, that he wants to be traded before the deadline. ESPN Adrian Wojnarowski dropping another Woj bomb and putting that out into the universe. So that continues to be part of our focus. But obviously the Super Bowl is nine days away, Super Bowl 57, and here to help us uh, talk all things NFL, Jeremy Fowler, our ESPN senior NFL writer. And uh, Jeremy, it seems like the, the, the tide, I don't know if it's public sentiment, but certainly within the NFL, is kind of kind of turning against the Eagles a little bit. I mean, we saw what Julian Love had to say uh, on Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, saying yeah. that hey, you know, Nick Sirianni is is basically got a free ride, and anybody could coach this team and whatever else. And then and then Jerry Jones insinuating that the the today, I mean, the, the owner of the Cowboys insinuating that the Eagles are sort of taking the Rams' path of just stockpiling, you know, free agents and and mortgaging their future even though draft capital would seem to indicate otherwise. What is the sentiment that you're getting from around the league about these Eagles in this game under Nick Sirianni? Yeah, I mean, Randy, the sense I get is that the Eagles are in good shape, you know, despite all this noise around them. <laughs> I mean, they have a really dominant offensive and defensive line, and that can win you a Super Bowl. We saw it with the Bucks a couple years ago. Yeah, they had Tom Brady, uh, but they dominated the Chiefs up front with their pass rush. And so the Chiefs have now countered that investing a lot of their offensive line, which is a lot better. Uh, but, you know, the Eagles roster-wise might have the best in the league, and a lot of people I talk to believe that. Um, you know, now there's varying sentiment on Jalen Hurts and his ability to outplay Patrick Mahomes, uh, but he might not need to, you know, because he's got a great supporting cast around him. So Nick Sirianni uh, has to manage all that. Yes, he does have the help of a good roster, but, um, you know, the, the people inside the Eagles building, you know, believe he's been a revelation, you know, with how he – connects to everybody there and, and, you know, his people skills and his motivating skills. 
Pro Bowl's going on this weekend. It's turned into a flag football game on Sunday, and before that, a skills competition. We saw Raiders quarterback, at least we think outgoing Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr, dominating the skills competition on Thursday. And he was asked, like, you know, wow, like great stuff that you're doing here in Vegas. He said, yeah, that's probably why I'm going somewhere else. But all jokes aside here, Jeremy, from your perspective, what is Carr's role going to be in picking his next team and how is it being received how he's chosen to kind of respond to his abrupt Raiders end? Yeah, Courtney, he holds a lot of cards here because of that no trade clause where, you know, if GM Dave Ziegler gets an offer that he likes, uh, he has to bring it to Derek Carr and his agent and, and they have to say it's okay. Where that's why I feel like the release is certainly on the table right now because they might just not be able to come to, to some a sweet spot that, that both parties like. You know, Derek needs the right team. Uh, you know, there's some buzz coming out of the Senior Bowl when I was there for a few days that the Saints could get involved here. You know, Dennis Allen, uh, the head coach, was his his head coach in Oakland during Carr's rookie year. And, um, you know, they need a quarterback and have some draft capital after the Sean Payton deal. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably a place that, that Tar would be comfortable with, I would assume. Um, but it's got to be the right fit. You know, he's not going to go to just any team. So, uh, you know, that, that's really why a lot has to, to happen here. This is a guy going out to the, the Pro Bowl field even though he shouldn't get hurt in this event, if he does, that guaranteed money kicks in immediately. So um, Hmm. I I could even see a scenario where the Raiders are just like, hey, let's cut him now. (laughs) Uh, We're talking with our ESPN senior NFL writer, Jeremy Fowler, and I'm I'm thinking of one of the events that's going on on Fremont Street in Old Vegas where you got guys like strapped to harnesses and and flying over the street catching footballs, and I'm just picturing Derek Carr being like, yeah, I'll do that. Like he's out there trying to get hurt, just, you know, (laughs) kicking the 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 guaranteed money. Um, You've got some content up on on ESPN.com. You've got an article or a column here, uh, sort of files with Pete Thamel and Todd McShay uh, from the Senior Bowl, uh, including, you know, talking about trade talks and, and top draft prospects, but also the 2023 quarterback class. And I feel like that quarterback class... Is sort of will will take up a couple of chairs in this game of musical chairs with with quarterbacks out there and where they might go. Yeah. Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, what are you hearing about this twenty twenty three quarterback class, Jeremy? Yeah, Randy, the, the dominoes will fall well before the draft season, but we know that several teams in the top ten are going to be looking hard at that. We believe the Houston Texans are going to draft one at number two, or maybe even move up to number one. Uh, the Colts are sitting at number four. They need a young franchise pillar. They just haven't had that. They tried to use stopgap veterans for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Carolina Panthers sit at number nine, and they can move up and make an aggressive move. Outside of that, you still have a lot of teams with a need, and they're going to try to fill it with a veteran. You know, the, the Jets, um, a lot of people around the league believe that the Jets are at least going to try for Aaron Rodgers and, and, and feel that out and see if it's worth giving up the hefty draft capital it would take. Um, you know, the Packers in a precarious spot because you know, Jordan Love, He's ready to play, wants to play. And, you know, from what I heard, they feel pretty comfortable with him playing. Um, but that requires getting the deal done with Rodgers and making sure he goes to a place that he's happy with. There's just a lot of uh, moving parts with that deal. And, uh, you know, Garoppolo is really the, the, the player where you can do the, the cleanest deal. You don't have to trade for him. And you can bring him into, you know, a Kyle Shanahan-style system that, that he's familiar with. You know, Atlanta comes to mind. They've got a little bit of that. Um, there'll be a few teams that, that could potentially fit. On that note of quarterbacks and those teams that you mentioned in the top 10, because there's at least 
five if you throw Atlanta into that mix that have a clear need for a quarterback. David Tepper, owner of the Panthers, talked this week about the new staff, Frank Reich, but also what they want to do with that position. And he had mentioned the draft and develop sort of theory. So is Carolina a team, in your mind, knowing the young core that it has right now, the Brian Burns' of the world, J.C. Horn, D.J. Moore, so on and so forth, are they a team that could be so aggressive, Jeremy, that they end up moving up all the way to the top of the draft board to get their guy? Yeah, Courtney, I can see it. I know some teams I've talked to believe that they're going to do something aggressive. You know, it's just you look at a guy like Will Levis, um, David Tepper, the owner, came from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a minority owner there, and he saw all the power of Big Ben. Uh, I'm not saying Will Levis is is Ben Roethlisberger, but he's that big, strong guy who can throw it far, and he's got all those physical tools that could be intriguing to them. You know, he's sort of considered the third quarterback in this mix right now, at least. And uh, so that, that can be certainly an option for them. I think they would get a veteran regardless. Uh, but they've the last two years hanging their hat on a veteran quarterback getting it done, you know, it's been tough for them. They've been through several, uh, from Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield to Teddy Bridgewater. I just think that they're they're done with that, and they need a long-term solution, just like the Colts. I mean, I just think both of those teams uh, are hopeful that when they go through their evaluation of all these prospects, that they love one of them, and then they go get them. All right, he's our ESPN senior NFL writer, Jeremy Fowler. Always on the move, always in transit, man. We appreciate the time. Thanks for thanks for multi thanks for multitasking with us, man. We'll see you this weekend on Sports Center. Yes, sir. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Courtney. Jay, there's there goes J Bone, old J Bone, Jeremy Jay Fowler. Bone. You just gave him this nickname. Well, Does he know that this is his nickname. It's been going on. It's been going on for a while. He knows about it. I was try to do it on the dismount and leave him leave him. Uh, Leave them giggling. Uh, 888-729-3776 is the phone number. We're going to take your calls on Kyrie Irving. Massive news from the NBA today is he has requested a trade from the uh, from the Brooklyn Nets. And it's time to be honest about one NBA player and just how dirty he is. It's Courtney Cronin and Randy Scott in for the guys. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. On your smart speaker. Presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Courtney Cronin. Chicago office, Midwest Regional Supervisor. I'm Randy Scott here at the Mothership in Bristol, Connecticut. I am... I'm 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 curious about what these calls are going to be. 888-729-3776. I I approach them with with appropriate trepidation. Like I'm opening some sort of 
closed room in the show The Last of Us on HBO Max. Like just wondering what the monster is on the other side, on the other side of the door because of the Kyrie Irving news today. He wants a trade. Cool. Got it. The folks who will defend Kyrie Irving. Not as a basketball player, but as somebody worth this headache, Courtney. This is going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun segment because we do have the calls and we have someone. Hey, let's go. To, let's go to Jersey, right? The Brooklyn Nets, formerly of Jersey. Let's go to Jersey. That's where we start. Gerard, you're on ESPN Radio. The floor is yours. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. So, you know, hopefully, uh, no one holds this all over my head. You know, I'm going to defend Kyrie here, but I just got to say that, you know, the guy, right? He's got his issues with the media. He doesn't handle himself correctly. We know this, right? but he's a generational talent. But behind the scenes, this guy seems to me like a good guy, right? He's donated $1.5 million of his own money to the WNBA during COVID relief. No other player came close to that donating that amount. Uh, he is making sure actively that WN- WNBA players get chartered flights, chartered private flights, and don't have to fly with everybody else. He's a huge advocate for that. Um, he bought a home for the family of George, uh, George Floyd. Um, after that, after yeah. that went down yeah. in 2020, right? And I know what he did wrong, right? He didn't get a vaccine in here in New York, and that makes him very easy to hate, right? Because we wanted to see him on the floor. Now, however ridiculous that is, what your politics are, I don't want to get into. But you know, recently, right? He liked that tweet, and this guy didn't watch the movie. Now, why couldn't he, right? Just be a normal human being and say, "Hey, I didn't <laughs> know that was a horrible movie. I didn't watch the movie, right?" No, he had to play his game, and sure enough, mm-hmm. right? He looks like an idiot for that reason. Now. I'll say this. We've all liked tweets from people. We don't see things, right? We don't know. When you look in further detail, maybe that's not the person you want to like their tweet, right? So he made a mistake there. But what I'm trying to say is he's not solely responsible for the toxic environment there in Brooklyn, right? And I think the Knicks or somebody should go out and make a move for this guy because he's a generational talent. Now, look at his running mate there in, Hmm. in, in Brooklyn, right? Kevin Durant. He's got a crazy history, right? He got Kenny Atkinson fired, who's a great coach. He got Kenny Atkinson fired because mm. he wasn't playing DeAndre Jordan enough, right, over Jared Allen, right? Um, he then had he got he vouched yeah. for Steve Nash, right? You know, and then right. Steve Nash fired you know, six months after vouching for him, and and he you know his burner account antics. So I, I think that Kyrie gets kind of a bad name is because he doesn't know how to handle the media. He thinks he's smarter than everyone, right? And yeah. One one thing, one fact of. All right, Gerard's making great points, and the only reason is we got to we got to keep the line moving and get to other people. There are some good points. Donating money to charity that Kyrie has done—it's not just WNBA players, and it's not that the WNBA players are a charity. I'm not insinuating that, but he has put his money where he where, where some of his beliefs are. I think when you, you're comparing Courtney, you know, Kevin Durant's uh, burner account to what Kyrie's done on social media, I don't I don't know that those two equate, but I understand I understand Gerard's point. Uh, Warren, Warren in New York, because you're close to Brooklyn. You're on ESPN Radio. Hello, yes, sir. Yeah, so uh, my thing with you guys is you guys don't stick on the topic of basketball, which is what the gentleman gets paid to do. He gets paid to play basketball, which he does exceptionally well. Now I get as a public figure. You're entitled to public scrutiny and people's opinion, and that's quite fine and dandy. But he's performed above and beyond uh, the level of expectation. Uh, They held the vaccine thing over his head, but it's I find it really convenient if you live in New York. Uh, The vaccine was conveniently uh, lifted. The the force to get the vaccine vaccine mandate was conveniently lifted when baseball season came around and Aaron Judge didn't openly say 
whether or not he was vaccinated. You got to give the guy a break and let him do his job. All right, well, then he should do his job. He played 29 games last year. Like, he gets paid to play basketball. He played 29 games. Two years before that, he played 20. Like, do your job. Show up and play. That like when the when the and this is we're not even talking about like I mean there's a we really don't know the true 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 reason that Kyrie's requesting a trade right now we probably won't I mean granted this is coming in season unlike the Kevin Durant trade request which came during the off season when there was no access to him but at some point Kyrie will probably have the opportunity to talk about but let's not forget that four year two hundred million dollar extension that was on the table the Nets rescinded that last year because he was not going to get the because of the COVID-19 vaccine mandate now whether you agree with that or not is one thing it's the fact that they rescinded it he's still on the table right now he's eligible for that that max extension which again four years 200 million dollars he might be searching for something that gives him more security than that. The Nets may also be secu- uh, searching for something that where they want to part ways with them, and they realize that, and now's their chance to actually get something back in return, yeah. whereas he'd walk as a free agent and they'd get nothing. Where Warren – now, Warren is absolutely correct about Kyrie Irving being a generational talent. When he's on the floor, there are few people like him. His handle is insane. He can finish at the rim at his size. The jumper is amazing. Like, when he's right, he's right. It's just – when can you bank on him? Like your reliability has to factor in, but he, but Warren's right. When he's on the floor, he is an absolute problem. More on Kyrie. What about KD? It's Canty and Carlin with CC and RS on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.